This episode of Out of the Church Attic is sponsored by Dad Gang Apparel Company, designed by dads. Visit dadgang.co and use the code RANDY30240 for 15% off your entire order. That's RANDY30240 for 15% off your entire order. Oh my goodness. Okay. We're going to have some kind of saint come and punch us. Yep. Uh Anyway, okay, yes. okay. Today. Let's 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 get on off on that tra- on that tangent for just one second. Who would you ra- like? Who would you rather be punched by? <laughs> like in like think about think about the, like the biblical span of of people. Who would you rather so, be punched by? So like we're by? talking about people in the Bible. People in the Bible. Like you take a punch, like take a punch square from the jaw or a rabbit punch right in the kidneys. Like it oh. doesn't matter. Like who would you rather be punched by? I don't. Paul, I feel like would be hard punch. I feel like him. You and, think so? I think he would be a hard with his punch. little crippled hand. No, he's the he's the smart choice. Yeah, he's got the the fruit. Like he's got some kind of spirit. Like the Holy Spirit will fill that hand, <laughs> and it'll come fierce. Um, Peter's, I feel, is a little rough. Uh, Peter so, straight up slices dude's ears. Yeah, off. I was a little like, I don't know. I think uh, that's hard. It, I don't. Yeah, I don't right, know. right. So I, I was reading. Uh, I was reading First Kings today. Uh-huh. First Kings. Like Solomon's rule, and like I just read like chapter two where you know he just kills his brother, yeah. kills like three other guys, yeah. tells a guy like, hey, if you leave your town, like or leave Jerusalem, like I'm leaving you alive for now, but if you leave this town, you will die. And oh then, my like, that guy leaves the town like two years later. He's like, what did I tell you? Um, so Solomon, I wouldn't want to punch me. Um, no, oh, I don't know if we could consider him much of a saint. No, <laughs> um, no, not at all. You know, I'm just gonna go with uh, Thomas just for the heck of it. Thomas, yeah, okay. Um, he might miss anyway, you know. He like, might, yeah. He might have second thoughts. <laughs> he might have second thoughts. There we go. I was like, what can I make a good joke with? Yeah, like, I just like, you really want to do this, Thomas? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've got some doubts. <laughs> uh, no, you're right. Like, um, that's 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 a good choice. Um, definitely not the Sons of Thunder. Oh, Lord, no. Yeah. There's a reason they were called that. Exactly. I'm not sure what it was, but I don't want to find out. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um. You know, maybe Zacchaeus. He was a wee little man. Yeah. <laughs> we will, we will, man. Oh my gosh, a wee little man with some big old hands. <laughs> How do you think he climbed that sycamore tree? <laughs> Welcome. To Out of the Church Attic, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice in the heart of Appalachia. My name is Colton, and I'm a local church member here in North Carolina. My name is Randy. I'm an itinerant minister here in North Carolina. And we're coming to you from our church's attic to discuss the issues that drive and thrive the churches here in Appalachia. Amen. Colton, do we have any new business? Uh, No, no business. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do some old business. Let's let's look at some old business that (laughs) will become new business for our listeners. (laughs) Uh, today we're talking about business meetings and are they necessary? Should we have one? Let's make a motion about it. Mm. A second. So welcome to the Out of the Church Attic business meeting. Nice. And we are going to be asking the question today with the new business of what is a business meeting and why is it necessary? So are we called to order? We are called to order. We are called to order. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, what you is a business tell meeting? I haven't been in a business meeting in a long time. I, have, I haven't been in a long time. It's Yeah, it's it's just kind of ingrained in me too. Um, also, too, like worth um, working in a college, uh, there's uh, there's a student government association. Yeah, and the student government association, um, they they 
conduct their meetings by Robert's Rules of Order. You should have seen the first time that I sat in on one. It was almost like a, I was a sleeper agent. I heard of the gavel bang. We were called to order. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> uh, so what we're talking about, Colton, um, it goes by many names. Uh, and, you know, we, we probably have a, a wide variety of listeners to this podcast by now. Yeah, we got at least hundreds. We got at least hundreds by now. So, um, you know, just kind of thinking about the different kinds of uh, church backgrounds and cultures that are listening to this, you may know what we're talking about by a different name. Uh, some people call it business meetings. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people call them members meetings, which, spoiler alert, that's spoiler alert. Uh, that's kind of, that's, that's what I would tend to navigate towards mm-hmm. um, is, is having a members meeting. Uh, some people call them family meetings. I think those people are a little um, cringe whenever I hear that. <laughs> some people call them family meetings. Some people just call them member updates. Uh, some people have them every uh, every quarter. Those are every three or four months. Um, some people have them every fifth Sunday. So like every month that there are five Sundays in that month, they'll have that, uh, that meeting on that fifth Sunday. Uh, some people only have them like two or maybe just one time a year. Um, some people have them even like every month, like yeah. whether it's a fifth Sunday or not. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so, if you, if you're hearing hearing these things by their different names, that's probably bringing to your recollection recollection what we're talking about. And uh, you know, we want to be sensitive. Uh, we want to be trauma informed in this podcast. We've already upset a whole bunch of people, but <laughs> now we're going to be like, trauma informed. It's like, let us, uh, yeah, <laughs> repent, and uh, we'll get started exactly. on the trauma informed. Well, and and, and the re- the reason that I, I want to say that too is number one, like I, I want to be trauma informed in uh, in my speaking and my counseling, and and of course in this podcast too, because yeah. that's kind of what we're doing. Like we're they're, they're, we have voices of ministers that yeah. people are listening to. Um, hopefully, they can trust us. Um, so I want to be trauma informed in that, but I saw a TikTok video a couple a couple weeks ago, and uh, it was a woman sharing her testimony about her trauma that had come from church, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it was it was very different from mine. Like I've exper- I, I had experienced some of the things that she that she had went through, but um, her trauma didn't come from from a pastor. It didn't come from an elder. It didn't come from a deacon. Uh, it didn't come from um, some kind of abuse situation. It came from the conduct of several believers in the context of a business meeting, a oh, members wow. meeting. Okay. Um, and so I, I know that there are a lot of opinions and feelings uh, that rise up when we, when we say the word business meeting. Yeah. Um, if you're a young pastor, uh, you might have some frustrations uh, because of the way that uh, business meetings are, are organized and the way they function in your church. Mm-hmm. You may have some frustration there because you feel like things aren't getting done as quickly or as seamless as you want them to be. Um, for like the person, I, I, I wish I remembered her name. I would give her credit. Uh, maybe you're like this young woman um, or maybe like us and uh, some of your trauma has, or yeah, has come from church, church business meetings. And so you have trauma and anxiety uh, when it, that kind of bubbles up whenever you hear about that. Uh, maybe you don't come from a church background or denomination that conducts business meetings. And so you hear that, you hear what we're talking about with such fervor and, and care, and you're, you're confused. You don't really know what's going on with that. Or uh, maybe you are aware of that. Maybe you're a fledgling pastor, you're fresh out of seminary, um, and uh, this is something that you did like in your parents' church or your grandparents' church, but now that you feel that God's called and equipped you to ministry, this is the thing of the past. Right. This is something that um, you're going you're gonna to do away with, or if you plant a church, um, you're just not, gonna, not, gonna, not going to invoke. 
So the business meeting, the member meeting, whatever you call it, uh, what it is is the special gathering or the special gathering time of believers who have joined together in membership of a specific church body. They gather together not for Sunday worship, but they gather to discuss, conduct, and manage the affairs of that church, both operational and doctrinal. And however that however that operates in, in whatever context is a vital part of the life of the church, mm-hmm. both for the individual member and for the collective congregation. But why is it necessary? So there's a lot of different reasons that we could talk about, and uh, this isn't an exhaustive, exhaustive list at all, but the first thing that I would say, the reason that this is necessary, so wherever you land on this, like this is our opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is something that like I said, is a vital part of the life of the church, both for you as the pastor, the individual member, the deacon, the deaconess, the collection plate person, um, the greeter team. Like this is a part of the way that your church is supposed to operate. And it's not something that you should take lightly. It's not something that you should consider getting rid of. It's something that you should take uh, special consideration for. So it sounds like even though we're saying this is our opinion, it sounds like we believe this is something that should be taken very strongly and considered very highly. It is. And and part of the reason is not because it's our opinion, but the things we're going to talk about, the reasons that we have, we're going to uh, we're going to make our appeal from the Bible. Uh, we're going to make our appeal from the Bible and from scripture. Yes. Um and that's that's what we have used to form our opinion on this and of course, you know, with the autonomy of the believer, mm-hmm. you're you're able to read scripture and uh, and if you interpret it differently, then we can have a discussion about that. That's what yes. this podcast is for. Yep. But the very first reason that we would say that a business meeting is necessary is it fulfills the commands of Jesus. Okay. Right off the bat, right? So um, there are two main verses that we think about uh, or that I think about whenever I think about the necessity of business meetings and how it fulfills Jesus's commands, and that is in Matthew chapter 16 and Matthew chapter 18. Okay. So a little bit of context for these verses. Uh, Matthew 16 is Peter's confession. Okay. So uh, Jesus takes his disciples on a little vacation. He's done some pretty heavy ministry, um, and he's done some pretty awesome things. He takes them on a little staycation to Caesarea Philippi, and uh, he asks them a question. Like, in light of all the things that he has that, that they have seen him done, that he asks them, who is the son, of, or who do people say the son of man is? And, of course, they say, like, they answer him because it's a question. Like, oh, some people say that you're, um, the, like, you're, John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people say that you're one of the prophets or Elijah. I've heard some people say that. And then Jesus turns and asks them specifically, yeah, I understand what they're saying, but who do you say that I am? And then Peter stands up and says his famous confession, you are the Christ, you're the son of the living God. Um, and this isn't something that just Peter believed. You know, Peter often acted as the spokesperson for the disciples. Mm -hmm. Um, So whenever he comes forward and he says, like, you are the Christ, this is kind of the collective understanding of the the disciples. So if they were to have a business meeting, they decided, they uh, they know, they accept Jesus as the Messiah. He's the the Son of God. And Jesus' answer to that is interesting because he says, blessed are you, Simon, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven. And from now on, your name is Peter. I'm going to give you a little nickname. It means rock or mm-hmm. pebble. And upon this rock, I'm going to build my church, specifically on this confession, like yeah. on this confession that I am the Son of God, that I am the Messiah. Um, 
the son of the living God, I am going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Okay. Um, the reason that we focus in on that verse for business meetings is because that is the first time that Jesus ever used the word church. Okay. It's the first time that he ever used that word that we would uh, translate, the Greek word um, ekklesia, mm-hmm. that we would translate into church. So if Jesus says something about churches, I am prone to listen because it, if we are a gathering of people that have gathered under one banner, under one name, the name of Jesus Christ, to give him perpetual worship forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, when he says, this is what I'm going to build my church on, this is something that we have to take in consideration. Mm-hmm. And then in two, ch- uh, two chapters later, he uses the word again. And it's in connection to this too. Which we've talked about Matthew 16 and 18 when we were talking about congregationalism. Because uh-huh. that does tie into business meetings a lot. Yes. With the fact that a lot of business meetings are conducted in Baptist churches mm-hmm. because congregations have some, if not all, of the say in the business of the church. Yep. So uh, this, this is probably going to be a familiar text for, for a lot of you guys here. Um, if you've listened to those, that should be the last couple episodes, a couple episodes ago, episode five or four, should be five. Um, so this should be familiar, but you may think, well, why you keep coming back to the same text? And that the reason is because, well, literally we're out of the church attic. We have to talk about the affairs of the church. Exactly. And so congregationalism, business meetings have roots within Bibli- like the scripture where the church is spoken of yeah and they have but also congregationalism and, and elder-like congregationalism which is something we'll talk about in a later episode that is something that we also see with its roots in scripture in these scriptures specifically yeah so go ahead and read it for us so matthew 18 uh verse 15 says if your brother sins against you mm-hmm. go and tell him his fault between you and him alone and if he listens to you you've gained a brother But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, then tell it to the church. Here's that word again. Mm -hmm. And if he refuses to listen to even to the church, let let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Mm-hmm. So Jesus is talking about giving the keys of the kingdom to the church. Anything that you bind together on earth will be bound together in heaven. Anything that you loose on earth will be loosed mm-hmm. in heaven. Back up to verse fifteen, he talks about personal grievances. If there's personal, gr- if there's a personal grievance uh, that that you have between you and a brother, go and try to resolve it with him. And if he doesn't want to want to resolve it, then you take two or three others with you. And if he doesn't want to resolve it after the evidence of two to three witnesses, then you take it before the church, the gathered ones, the ones that have been called out, the ecclesia, and then they have the power to judge whether or not this person really is representing the name of Christ. Mm-hmm. And they and what like literally what Jesus is saying is the church has my divine power to judge whether or not a person is a part of that flock. Yeah. Um, whatever you loose on earth is loosed, 
uh, in in heaven. What you bind on earth is bound in heaven. This is t- uh, talking about issues of doctrine. Yeah. So one of the th- uh, so one of the things that Jesus is saying here is that I give the church power to determine good doctrine by my authority and the authority of the Bible. So why do churches have kind of a or why do Orthodox churches have a universal understanding about the activities of homosexuality? Why do churches have a universal understanding of the pro, like the prohibitions of murder or stealing or like yeah thieving like yeah. theft? That's because we take our authority from the Bible and we say this is a sin. Mm-hmm. These are all functions of a church body that Jesus tells them to do. Like so, this is the functions of a church. Now, does that happen on a Sunday morning? No, it doesn't because. No, we- I mean, on Sunday, we've talked about this too in the role of preaching episode. A Sunday morning, you will typically hear some, you will have worship, you will have preaching, and I mean, that's, and maybe a time of prayer, and that's usually all you have time for. Yeah, exactly. So if the church has jobs, if if the church has authority that that it has to exercise, and it's separate from the times that we're supposed to gather together to hear the word of God proclaimed to us, then what other time do we gather to do those things? And that is in the context of, again, whatever you want to call it, but it's in the context of a business meeting. I think when people hear business meetings, they think like an organizational structure, like it's kind of like work. Right. And so it, it, a lot of people might have a misunderstanding of the fact that even though we call it a business meeting, members meeting, whatever, really what we're doing is we're just, as you said, we're discussing what is going on in the church. Yes. When you want, like when you're having some financial trouble in your family, you hopefully will go to your wife or husband and discuss mm-hmm. the actual affairs of what's being spent. How can we budget? How can we do this better? When you're at work and you have managers, you want to meet with those managers if you're a good boss so you can talk with them to see what's, how things are functioning around your work. Work. Yes. This is an important function because it's how every living organism, not living organism, how every organization works. Living living in the, in the sense that, you know, we have the Holy Spirit yes, living inside yes, of yes, us, yes, so we're spiritually alive. Yeah. So that counts, yeah. <laughs> um, did you, were you going to talk about Acts 6? No, I wasn't. Okay, I'm going to. Go for so it. I want to I want to address another piece of scripture because so you may be saying well that's when Jesus was around Jesus is gone I I don't know how you could use that but if you do then I want to draw your attention to Acts six where we have some of the first deacons being appointed mm-hmm. so we have the pastor elders whatever you want to call them the the apostles coming who are, are wanting to preach the word of God spread the word of God as you know, as a great commission, as they are called to do, but they have some Hellenistic Jews who complain that they are being overlooked and forgotten. They're widows. They need yeah. someone to take care of them. We are told to do that. James tells us to do that. Jesus tells us to take care of those who can't take care of themselves. Right. So they appoint some men who would be qualified leaders to do that. That is another essential thing that happens where? In a business meeting. Mm-hmm. You don't just appoint a pastor on a Sunday morning when who knows who could be there. Exactly. You don't want Joe down the street who's never come to church in his life. No offense to Joe, but the fact we of the matter you, is, why, why should he have a say in the affairs of something he's not a part of yet? Exactly. That doesn't make sense. So we have here in Acts 6 another essence of a business meeting. We yeah. see in Paul's letters over and over, he tells them like, hey, find some, like he sends Timothy out. He's like, find some men who are qualified to appoint elders. Mm-hmm. Find these people. Like he gives the qualifications for an elder and a deacon. When do you discuss these things? You don't want to air out their 
everything on a Sunday morning. You right. might have to right. sometimes. But a lot of this is done in the context of a smaller session with the members and maybe not and maybe really just the more dedicated followers of Christ in a local church community. So business meetings are essential. And as we've seen from at least three pieces of scripture, and there, we could show you more, yeah. it is a biblical thing. Exactly. I mean, you talk about dirt, like airing out dirty laundry too. Like think about the first letter, letter to the Corinthians. Yeah. Like after dealing with all of their, all of their, uh, partiality nonsense, Paul talks about a guy who is in an extramarital affair with, um, his stepmother yeah. and Paul's like basically to summarize, he's like, what are you doing? Kick this guy out yeah. of church, like get, get everybody together and kick him out of church. If he doesn't repent, because this behavior is nonsense. Who has the authority to do that? Not Paul, because yeah. he's not there. He's writing to the church and telling them to to exercise the authority that you have under the name of Christ and the banner of scripture to remove the unbeliever from your midst because the people that conduct the business of the church, the ones are the ones who are called out the members of that church. Yeah. A couple other reasons uh, that we can go through briefly. Why is a business, a business meeting necessary, which I, we've been calling it business meetings because um, that's what we just, always that's, called that's what we've always called kind them. Of the, that's kind of the, a well-known term around Appalachia. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would I would prefer to call them members meetings, yeah. uh, but it's just kind of ingrained in me right now. Um, but that's what we mean. That's what we mean. The gather the gathering of of um, the saints, the people who are Christians who are a part of a local congregation, uh, to do the business of God that He's called them to do. Yeah. Why is that necessary? Well, uh, it teaches unity and it fosters communication. Mm -hmm. uh, during the meeting, members can discuss and vote on important matters related to the church's operations. Encouraging respectful dialogue and collective decision-making, which fosters unity among the members as they work together to reach a common goal. There's a, a, a Christian, like, um, evangelical Christian song. It's like, you're, you know, no man is an island, you know. 10th Avenue North. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> so, love that one. Yeah, but, but it's so true because, man, we were built in community to work together. And the church is built in that. Paul talks about that. Well, no, not everyone can be an eye. Not everyone yep. can be a foot. If everyone was a foot, how would we see? If yep. everyone was an ear, how would we taste? Like all these things, like how would we, you know, we are the hands and the feet, but we're also all have different functions, different um, qualifications and qualities that God has given us to work together in unity. And these business meetings allow us to come together and actually use those functions together, exactly. whether it's administrative qualities or whether it's leadership qualities or whether it's our own opinions and voices and experiences from church or other areas that we can voice and have ourselves feel heard. Cuckoo covers are stick-on covers for your debit cards, credit cards, metro cards, and more. Just pick from one of their hilarious designs or create your own with one of your own pictures. Receive them in the mail, stick them on your cards. Every time I get a new card, I use Cuckoo covers to turn one of my wife's paintings into a new card cover. Say goodbye to having boring bank cards forever. Visit their website, cuckoocovers.com, and use the code RANDY34513. For 10% off your entire order. That's cucucovers.com. Um, so yeah, that, that's a good segue into the next into the next point. Uh, business meetings are ne are necessary because they foster inclusivity. Mm -hmm. So when you have a business meeting um, where members gather together and they're able to to make their voice heard, that ensures that all the members have a voice. So all the members. Um, whether you whether you ascribe to like covenant membership and 
your your children are, are children are allowed to to have a voice, um, or if you only do credo membership to where like you have to espouse a creed or or a join in membership by baptism, uh, whoever is considered a member of your church by whatever kind of policy that you have, uh, business meetings ensure that they all have a voice and that they're heard during these meetings. And that promotes a a sense of belonging and unity within within the congregation. Like when you go to a church or when you choose a church family to be a part of, there are activities, and this is what this business meeting is. This is an activity that you can gather together and actually take a part in the mission of God in the way that your church is fulfilling that mission. You're not just showing up on Sunday morning or a Wednesday night or for a home group and then that's it. Like you actually have a job to do and creating a space to where you can come together and do that job that's very inclusive and it's very encouraging for the people to be there. Yeah, and that's the other that's the thing too is like when people feel heard they feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And mm-hmm. that's something that everybody's looking for. Yes. So if you're go like if you're at a church and you feel like no matter what you say, like you have some serious concerns. Like mm-hmm. there there's some things you've seen from leadership, or maybe there's some things you're seeing from some members in the church that you have serious concerns about. Or the way the church is being run. Maybe the finances, like you're you're putting too much money into a um, a ministry that's just not going anywhere. Yeah. And no one is listening to you because they're just so focused on their own wants and desires and, mm-hmm. and, and like their dreams for, for this church, what they want, uh, then, then that really discourages people. So when we have these business meetings and people can openly stand up and say, mm-hmm. Hey, this is how I feel. Yeah. Or they're at least encouraged by the, the leaders to say, Hey, Hey, if you have a concern, you can come to me. We can talk about this. Right. But you give them that voice. That's always going to make someone feel included and loved. And that's one of the biggest things we need to do as the church. Exactly. Another reason that business meetings are necessary is because it promotes transparency within your congregation. So being an, being open and transparent about the church's finances, about their plans, about the challenges that they're facing, builds trust among their members. It leads to a stronger sense of unity and shared responsibility. Um, it allows you to focus on shared values where you emphasize the church's core beliefs and mission during those meetings to reinforce your common ground, the things that unite you as members and reinforce your commitment to working together. Like those are all things that we say that we want transparency. We say that we we want to be like open and have community, but this is how it's done yeah. where we gather together and we talk about the hard things. We talk about um, the hard things as in like, the actual affairs of the church, uh, the the way that we're spending our money, the way that mm-hmm. we're pouring finances or resources into this area where this one's going lacking, um, or giving support to someone else. I can't tell you like how many meetings I've been a part of too. Uh, I've talked about some negative ones, but uh, positive ones where someone was able to stand up and say, "I need help." Yeah. Um, I can't pay my phone bill this month. Uh, yeah. I don't have oil in my furnace. Um, I am drowning in this kind of ministry and I need help and I need volunteers. And that was a place where they were able to gather together and say, Hey, you have a voice. I need you to be open and honest with me. And that person received help. So promoting that kind of transparency is only going to do good things for your church. Yeah. And that's uh, something Talking about transparency leads me to a, a quote that I think is from, it's from a book called This Is Awkward, I believe by a guy named Sammy Rhodes, and it's a great book. If, mm-hmm. It's funny, but it's super gospel-centered. It has so much truth in it, and I resonate with so much of it. But he's talking about one chapter. Um, I think it was this therapist said it. 
And it was like, you know, there, there's a difference between transparency and vulnerability. Transparency is you show people who you are. Vulnerability is you let them begin to like speak mm. into it and change. Yeah. Know? And so when we are a transparent church, we can also become a vulnerable church to where like we, we say like, hey, not only do I need help, I'm asking for help. I'm asking for you to help me. And when we make ourselves vulnerable, we make ourselves weak. And that is when God really begins to flow through us. He says, you know, when you are weak, I will be strong. So God wants a weak people who need to depend on him. And how do we depend on him? Part of that is depending on each other. Part of us is saying like, I don't have all the answers Mm -hmm. as the elder, as the leader, as the congregation, as the deacon or whoever you are is saying like, I, I am trying in this children's ministry, but I have four classes to teach and I've only got like a, enough volunteers to last me two more weeks yeah. or otherwise I'm going to be, these people are going to be burnt out. Mm-hmm. Um, I faced, I've faced some of that before and some burnout because I have tried to take on too many tasks all at the same time. I have not asked, actually asked for the help mm-hmm. to get the help I needed. And then people came along and saw my need for help and they stepped in and it was a beautiful thing. But having this time, a dedicated time where they people can speak in, be transparent, and also be vulnerable. That is a time when really God's uh, love can really shine through for each other. Yeah, exactly. And lastly, the reason that a business meeting should be necessary is because it displays accountability. Mm. Right. So this is a time, like in this gathered time, this is where the church can address conflicts in a respectful and constructive manner. And during the meeting, they can demonstrate how disagreements can be resolved in a manner that upholds unity and preserves relationships. Um, So this is kind of like taking us back to church discipline. Um, The goal of bringing it Bringing an, uh, bringing an issue before the church is not so that we can call someone out. Mm-hmm. Um, call someone out in a negative sense, I mean. Yeah. Uh, like we are calling them out, but we're not calling them out to bring them shame or to berate them. Like, yeah. yeah, to berate them at all. Like this is a, a public plea of of heartfelt emotion saying, hey, we see you down going down this path or engaging in this yeah. activity. And we, if you continue on, like if you refuse to hear the call of the Holy Spirit through the authority of the church, then we are no we are no longer able to affirm your salvation and we have to treat you like a Gentile or a non-believer, which a non-believer is still going to be shown love by the church because yeah. Jesus tells us to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. But that excludes, but like treating them as an unbeliever excludes them from the inclusivity and the unity and the communication and the transparency that is a church business meeting. We say we can no longer affirm your salvation. You have to leave this congregation. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's something that's very daunting and very scary to do. Uh, but it's, 100% if it's done right and following Jesus' command, it's done with love yeah. um, because the end goal is not to banish them from the church. The end goal, and looking at Matthew 18, every single time, whether it's one-on-one, when it's with the elders, or whether it's the church or the elders, the the others, or the church, the goal is to gain a brother, yeah. is to say, hey, this is the road that you're on, and it's not one you should be on, and the goal for them is to repent. But also, too, um, there may be issues that, um, there, yeah, there may be personal in, infighting issues that need to be dealt with. Those are all things that can be done in the context of a church business meeting. It's not something that you want to deal with uh, from the pulpit in on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday gathering, because that's the time to bring God's word to them. Mm-hmm. But this is, the, this is the time to do that. This is the time to work on those personal relationships to 
uphold unity and preserve those relationships so that people can see, wow, this is different. Like this is something that exi- that that should exist only in the church, um, and I think that you may you may see this or maybe see maybe see where I'm going with this, but uh, we live in a in a culture that's permeated with quote unquote cancel culture. Yep. People on the left, people on the right, people yep. in the middle. Um, if someone, a brand, if a company, whatever celebrity does something that we don't like, then we immediately cancel them. Yeah, right. That's not something that exists in the church preserving relationships and unity by calling these issues out is something that exists in the church. Yeah. It's always meant, as you said, like to gain a brother, which, which we mean by that is it's always meant for the benefit of the believer. Mm -hmm. This is a good thing to do because if we don't have a place to discuss conflict, yeah, where it's just going to build up. Exactly. If you keep hiding conflict, if you keep hiding your problems Mm -hmm. and this goes for, if it's with someone else or if it's own personal sin, it will, you will get found out. Yeah. It will turn out worse than you think it can. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just better to air it out with the people you love and care about. Exactly. Exactly. So whatever your experience with members meetings, business meetings, church meetings, family meetings, like whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call it, what we've been talking about, the special gathering of church members that is not mm-hmm. the not the Sunday morning gathering, but it's the special gathering where they they get together and talk about the affairs of the church and deal with business and things like that. Overall, a church's business meeting serves as a platform for members to come together, collaborate, and make decisions that reinforce their shared sense of community and purpose and mission, promoting unity across the congregation. Um, Business meetings teach unity. They foster communication and inclusivity. They promote transparency and they display accountability. But even if they didn't do any of those things, it's something that Jesus commanded us to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we do want to end off a little here with a little bit of application for whether you're someone, an elder or a pastor who's listening, wondering how to lead a business meeting or why, or trying to figure out how to do business meetings better, or you have a thriving business meeting culture. Um, and in your church, or you're just a congregational member who doesn't know why or, or wants to be a part of them better. Uh, there's three things that we think should be incorporated with every business meeting. Mm-hmm. And these may be kind of a shock, but at the same time, not at all. Yeah. And that is to make a great use of prayer, scripture, and worship throughout every business meeting. Yes. Um, and I, we got these from uh, Jared C. Wilson, who is a great author, uh, previously was a pastor, uh, He's a, He's a professor, professor at Midwestern. Professor at Midwestern. Uh, he does all kinds of things now. Oh, yeah. Um, he, I think he has like has goals. a cohort for, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's just goals. He's awesome. Um, <laughs> but he, in one of the articles he had that we will share in the bottom um, in our in our show notes, is uh, first of all, prayer, right? Like you want to pray, don't just pray at the end, but when a big decision comes up, but like take time to let people silently reflect during different times in the meeting. Maybe at the beginning, definitely pray over the meeting. But like if there's a big decision, let people sit in it. Let them silently pray to God themselves to, to really affirm in themselves the decision they need to make. Yeah. But also use scripture. Don't twist scripture to support or reject emotion or say something the way you want it to be said to just support your point. But do it in accordance with the helping of the church to be encouraged and see the work of the kingdom. And worship. It may sound weird, 
But even during a business meeting, this is still a meeting of the church. So take time before, after, maybe even in the midst of it, in the middle, just take a break and just have some time to sing, to worship, to to fellowship together. Uh, just because this is the gathering of God's church. And how dare we think that we can come and not just celebrate and worship together, even if we are talking about the Lord's business. Yeah. So what about you? What is your experience with business meetings? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Visit our website at outofthechurchaddict.com where you can sign up for updates, get swag, or email us your rants and raves. Join the conversation on social media at The Church Attic and let us know what you'd like to hear come out of The Church Attic next. Today's topic was researched by myself, Randy Ramsey, written and hosted by myself and Colton Burse. New episodes are released weekly, and until next time, remember, no matter what old GW says, there are panthers in our woods. Have a blessed day. (laughs) Y'all take care. Who is GW? Game Warden. Okay, there we go. (laughs) 